This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. In this hour, we have lots to talk about as well. Uh, you're going to meet somebody else that I met in my travels. Well, it was at the uh, manicure slash pedicure place. <laughs> but those are part of my travels too. I had to get all gussied up before I went down to Georgia. Erica has a a mesmerizing story. She's an incredible woman. She has been through more than most people, most entire families have been through in a lifetime. And she is strong and she is powerful and she is courageous and she's lovely and she's a bright spark. And she's going to share her story of ups and downs and how she has managed to deal with these stressors. Also going to be talking about what stress does to your brain and why it's better to take a page out of Erica's book to deal with your stresses in life than getting all upset about nothing, very little things. You'll never complain again after you hear this. Also, I'm going to be talking with Dermot Butterly, my Irish friend from California, and uh, he has a fabulous radio program called The Celtic radio show for men. And so he's trying to uh, have more dialogue uh, with men about some of the issues that they face in life. And it's really difficult for men to talk about some of the issues that they have and some of their feelings because they're not socialized that way. So I look forward to having uh, Dermot on at the in the second half of this hour. Also going to be telling you what casserole parties are in a little bit more detail. Going to be talking about um, Splitsville and uh, what what that's like and the impact that may have on your children and why it is a good idea to put your children first. Often in, in marriage, it's important that the couple uh, be the, you know, put themselves first before the children. But in divorce, it's the children first. So grow up and put the kids first, okay? Uh, we've got lots of other things to talk about as well, talking about some of the uh, Trump administration's latest um, rec- uh, l- recommendations, shall I say, of certain words not to use, and how uh, Trump, the Trump administration wants you to refer to sex education. It's not going to be called sex education anymore, sexual risk behavior or something like that. Anyway, re- we'll be reviewing that as well. Uh, you can always call me if you like, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The phone lines are open. But right now, I am welcoming Erica into the studio. Erica, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Thanks, Maureen. I'm honored. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So, Erica, you have been through uh, more in your young life than most, uh, I would say, you know, a whole city block has experienced collectively with all of their families. So tell me a little bit about uh, what's What's going on for you? Yeah, you're right. We hit a bit of a roller coaster ride over the last few years. And um, let's take it back. About five years ago, I guess I stood very much like the average mama next door. I was happily married, um, loved being mama to my two wee angels. My oldest was not yet five. My littlest was just two. I was still nursing him. Um, I was attending both mama and baby yoga classes and um, also professional conferences. Um, I was a sports chiropractor by trade, very successful with my own practice and passionate about health and wellness. And so the hurdle that arose really, really just took my breath away. Um, Having always lived a life so passionate about health and wellness, um, it came as a big hurdle when I learned that I had been diagnosed with a very aggressive leukemia. 
And to make a long story short, I now sit in front of you as the survivor of a um, two-month terminal prognosis uh, of leukemia and further as a humbled and honored recipient of both a bone marrow transplant and a double lung transplant as well. It's amazing. I mean, you look the picture of health here, but it wasn't too long ago when you were told as a mother of two young boys that you were not going to make it past two months. That's right. What was that like for you? That was obviously the lowest of the low and sounds came out of me that day that I just I didn't even know existed. And I remember going out for a walk with my husband at the time. Um, They let us out on a two hour pass from the hospital and Took, unhooked me from all of my lines and all of my tubes and we went down to the beach Spanish banks and I just remember walking along the shores that day and it was July 31st and 2012 and I remember looking out at all of the families picnicking along the beach everyone playing volleyball and it just seemed as if they didn't have a care in the world and I just wanted to be there with my family picnicking on the beach And um, it was grueling. And I think the one thing that really was was prevalent in my mind at the time was obviously my babies. But, you know, Christmas was always on my mind and how how thinking two months as of July 31st, I wouldn't have even made it until Christmas Day. And, you know, who would make Christmas as special as it could be for my babies? And um, it was just very obviously incredibly overwhelming. And what does Christmas mean to you today, five years later? Healthy? Hmm. Healthy, yes. My house has been decorated since the beginning of November, I think November 1st (laughs) this year. It gets a little earlier and earlier every year. And it's just, it's an honor to get to sing these Christmas carols and really from the heart. And um, to be honest, four generations strong. One of the blessings of the path is that my mom and my grandmother have moved here from Northern Ontario to our neighborhood. So we kind of hurtle out everywhere for a generation strong and Christmas is just ever so special. And as is every day, the simplest of pleasures. Right. Mm-hmm. And you went through days and months and weeks and, you know, in and out of hospitals and tubes and all sorts of treatments and being poked and prodded and questioned and d- disappointed, given good news and bad news. And and, um, you know, just hurdles that people cannot even imagine. And then to be the recipient of a double lung transplant, um, w- you know, many people will ask, you know, do you know your donor? Do you, do you and what, what uh, is that allowed here in British Columbia? Good question. So I'll take it a step back and kind of explain how it all kind of came to fruition. So with given the leukemia, um, Uh, when I did not respond to the first round of chemotherapy, I was told I would need salvage chemotherapy followed by a bone marrow transplant. My only brother served to be not a match. And um, so an exhaustive worldwide search was conducted to find this perfect match. Um, On July 30th, before this terrible day that I had just shared previously, the team came racing in. It was finally a day with great smiles and They were just over the moon. They were so elated as they had finally found this perfect 10 out of 10 bone marrow transplant donor. And it just gave, it instilled such hope in my heart that somehow, someway, everything was going to be okay. I didn't know that day that I was not in remission. And to qualify um, to be a recipient for a bone marrow transplant, you first do need to be in remission. 
However, when we got that terrible news that very next day, knowing that this donor existed gave me such hope. It gave me such fuel to keep fighting. And despite not being in remission, my fight then became to have someone somewhere in the world to give me this bone marrow transplant and just to stay strong enough for that. Um, Ironically enough, after the hope that was instilled by this donor, two years after the bone marrow transplant, I was able to connect with my donor who lives in Germany and we are now officially Facebook friends. Nice. I'm very honored. And his last name, I am sure pronounced very differently in his home country of Germany, but is Hope, H-O-P-P-E. Oh, wow. And it was just this beautiful circle coming all together. Um, and so I do know him. Uh, uh, and he's a big part of my life now. And then I grew stronger after the bone marrow transplant. Um, and um, um, I was teaching my littles how to ski. I was back hiking grass grind. And then I literally started to run out of ear. And um, eventually, well, it didn't take that long to realize that I was having rejection from the bone marrow transplant in my lungs. Mm. And I've had rejection all over. Um, but the difference in the lungs is that there are no stem cells to regenerate what is lost. And sadly, they couldn't get a, get control over it. Um, and I fell to 84 pounds. I was super, super, super sick on full-time oxygen. Septic shock. Is that- yeah. Well, that was really before with the bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it was just a grueling, grueling time waiting for those lungs. And um, we were very blessed. Uh, on July 31st, oddly enough, that very same day, however, three years later, to get the call to say that there were lungs available that were mm-hmm. a perfect match for me. Mm-hmm. And as a long wind around answer to your question, in British Columbia, sadly, you are never able to connect with the family who shared that biggest gift mm-hmm. throughout the, the hardest time in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, it, it, it's it's just an honor, obviously. And everywhere I go, let's say I was on top of Whistler on Thursday, um, I take this donor with me everywhere I go. I think people think that I'm probably sticking out my chest. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to show show him, I'll call him, him the sights of everywhere I, I see and what I, what I do and what I breathe in and the life that um, he has restored within me. Right, every mm-hmm. breath you take. Yes, literally. Um, and so life got so good and then life hits you with another uh, strike that uh, was a big challenge and we're going to go to break and then come back and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Great. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. If you're just joining me now, I've been talking with Erica. Erica has uh, gone through having been diagnosed with having, having been given a terminal illness diagnosis of two months. She is the recipient of a bone marrow transplant, and as if that wasn't enough, she is also the recipient of a double lung transplant. And uh, she's here in the studio with me and has been uh, walking us down that pathway. Erica, you were married at the time. I was very happily, very happily married, and uh, he was supportive through your illness. Always has been, yes. Yeah, through that, yes. And uh, uh, but, what is the effect of uh, of a diagnosis like this, of a terminal diagnosis, of uh, you know the uh, and also going through the illness and the treatments and the side effects and the adverse events? Um, what what is that effect on your intimacy, intimacy, or your sense of your 
body image, your sensuality, mm-hmm. your sex, sexuality? How did that affect all of that? Mm-hmm. Good question. So I think going through marriage with two young kids presents enough hurdles as it is, let alone everything that we endured on top of it. And um, VGH uh, became what I referred to as my hotel. I stayed there so much. And um, this has been a grueling process, a lot of which almost seems a little bit dehumanizing um, at times, and you feel like you've lost your soul. There are a lot of hours where these four white walls will stare back at you and um, makes you question a lot of things. And although my husband and I, we serve as a great team together, and we fought an amazing fight, but we fought two very different battles. And he was go, 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 trying to stay on top of the docks for the medications and current studies and anything and everything just to keep me alive. And I'm really only here because he saved nine of my lives. Um and I didn't make it easy for him. I would resist going to the hospital when he knew I needed to, and that became difficult. Um, over time, it also changes your roles in that, um, you know, my, my pre-sick self uh, is very independent, very strong, um, and I don't do um, the sick role well being sick, let alone being well. Mm-hmm. And I felt that the change in roles really changed our identity together and that I always felt sick, um, even when I was relatively well. Um, it takes a big toll. So my the amount of time, the amount of allocation of my energy was really spent on either healing myself or spending absolute quality time with my two littles who would not be old enough to remember how much I truly utterly adored every tiny little thing mm-hmm. about them. And and when you became well, your husband yes. decided to no longer walk the path with you. He decided not to walk the well path with yeah, you. Yeah. So that's just been pretty recently. And, um, yeah, it's been a big path and it's really affected our lives in a lot of ways. And he has decided to, um, take a separate road and, um, and, and pursue a different path at this point, which was pretty grueling for me at first. I won't deny it because that was my, that was my vision, my fight throughout all of it across town when I was fighting so desperately was the four of us together and the four of us standing strong. And you said something earlier, mm-hmm. you said like, like a child, it reminded me of a, of a child of divorced parents who always wants their parents to get back together. Yes. And you said you have that dream. You hmm. have that. I mean, it's always that. forever. It's, it's, you know, no matter what we do down the line with our own individual relationships and moving forward, I will forever yearn for the four of us together just that family unit has always meant so so much to me whether i'm you know 41 as i stand now or whether i'm 85 um so many years down the road that Mm -hmm. family unit is just Mm -hmm. it's everything to me and and being sick Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know being seeing yourself as a sexual woman was that depleted from you was that did that seemingly be taken from you Well, hands down. I mean, I, with the aggressive treatment that I had had, I went through very early menopause. Um, If upon labs now, I'm very, I'm very postmenopausal. Um, so that was a big flux given I was only 35 going into this. And vaginal dryness would have been an Hands issue down. in painful sex? For sure. And then not just that. I mean, as I said, I had had so much rejection from the bone marrow transplant in my lungs um, to the point that I had had a double lung transplant. But that rejection attacks everywhere and even that tissue as well. And so that also created um, 
a lot of interference, I would say, with our intimacy overall. Mm-hmm. And what would you recommend for people who are walking the path with somebody who is as ill as you were? We talked about loneliness at the at the nail splash. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, what what would you recommend for somebody going through it, any, or somebody supporting somebody going through it? Any physical contact, as much as you can do. Just even a hand holding a hand on the leg, it just means so much. You feel so isolated in that room. People come and visit all the time, but they leave and they're off to their own ventures, and you feel so foreign people had to come in and dress in gowns and gloves and booties and masks and the whole nine yards and I mean you just feel so isolated so any way of breaking down those walls and making that patient feel embraced and enveloped mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Erica thank you so much I wish you the best Christmas ever Aww, your boys thanks, are Marie. so lucky to Aww. have you as a mother Aww, and you. uh, you're such a blessing and, and thanks for coming in and sharing thanks your story I'm sure it will help a lot of people Aww. I am Maureen McGrath you are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show the final strokes of the program thanks so much for being here with me this evening uh, Dermot Butterly is a radio show host in California, a show called The Celtic Coach. He, it is a show just for men and all things manly. He believes that every man deserves, as any Irish man would say, a good t- cup of tea and the truth about what it takes to be a man in the world today. And never has that been more important. Good evening, Dermot. Maureen, hello, how are you? I'm grand. How are you doing, my friend? Well, you're looking fantastic, may I say. (laughs) Thank you. That's why I do radio. (laughs) A face for radio. Yes. (laughs) Fantasize all you want. More importantly than the truth, the good cup of tea is even more important, Maureen. It certainly is. And, you know, it's so funny because when I asked, uh, I don't know if you were listening to the program earlier, but I was asking somebody on my travels if they'd ever heard of key parties, and she thought I said tea parties. (laughs) Anyway, tea parties and a good cup of tea is very important in life, but also the truth about what it takes to be a man. And you are a man who, uh, you're a Hatha yoga instructor, and you're also... Um, you meditate and you're continuing, you're still trying to find yourself, you say. And so I bet there's a lot of men out there that are still trying to find themselves. But I'm just curious, why is it that you do the work that you do, which is great work? Uh, That's a great question, Maureen. I'm just laughing here because, you you know, uh, on my search to find myself, I went to India and all sorts of different places, and wherever I looked, I couldn't find myself. So when I came home, I... uh, which is quite fascinating in itself. Wherever you go, there you are. That's exactly um, right. Have you not um, seen um, The Wizard of Oz? Look no further than your own backyard. That's right. <laughs> the uh, Oz never gave the Tin Man nothing he didn't already have. That's right. <laughs> you know, which is which is um, which is kind of what my coaching is all about. Because you know, talking about men, Maureen, and I've been listening to your show. I loved it, by the way. And I want all the listeners to know that I, I did, in fact, empty the dishwasher. So I'm hoping this- <laughs> See, you got to get credit. There you go. You got to announce it to the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't enough that I told my girlfriend I emptied it. I needed to come on the radio and just of tell course, her. Of course, of <laughs> course. Typical guy. Yep. That's my message. I'm done. I'm out of here. We'll see you later. Um, no, but you know, uh, one of the things uh, I, I love your show, by the way, Maureen. I've been Thank you. All the, uh, 
Nice, very nice. Uh, I was laughing, though. The guy that came on and was talking about, was it seven personalities? Six. Yeah. Oh, six. All right. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the men that I talk, talk to, they've got about 106 <laughs> personalities. <laughs> yes. And they just decide to show a different one every day or every hour of the day. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you something now, now, Maureen. I'll share something with your listeners that, that, that I share. And I, in coaching, questions are the answers. And I've been coaching men for quite a few years now. And, you know, one of the things that men come to, come to my coaching with, and it's not just because they come to me, but I think in general they, they, they have a hard time with, with results and outcome. We want to know, and this is not just a manly thing, this mm-hmm. is a human thing, right? We want to know, what, if, if I do this, I'm going to get a certain outcome. Right. If I do this, I want to know what the result is. You know, and this is where stress comes. Stress is, stress is not in the moment. Stress is, is, is taking something and, and putting it into the future, into a, a negative imagined future. That's where our stress comes from. Right. So well, one of the questions that I ask the men, uh, and, and, it, and it's fascinating. I did a peace walk uh, in 2008, and uh, I fell apart in the middle of the peace walk on my way from L.A. to Washington, D.C. And I ended up in this little little town, like, you know, somewhere next to nowhere. And it had, there was a little sign on a church door. And it was one of the greatest things that I ever saw in my life for taking care. So if you're listeners, if you want to let go of your stress, this is what I saw on the door, and this is how I do my coaching. On the door, it said, when nothing is sure, everything is possible. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. I of, yeah, it's powerful. It's really powerful. Now, come back to the coaching for a minute with men. And uh, they come to me, be, oh, Dermot, I did this and it didn't happen, and I want these results, and I'm all stressed out, and I'm taking that, I'm taking that, that, that anger and frustration and anxiety out on, in my relationship, and my family is suffering, and my wife is suffering, and things are not going well. My life is out of balance, right? This is what usually happens to men. And the career, can, the career can suffer, and the money management? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and usually it's, it's not even the career that suffers. What I find with the men that I coach, a lot of men in business and corporations, companies, that type of thing, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the, uh, the personal life that suffers. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the sex life is the first thing to go, mm-hmm. you know, communication, sex life goes, and after that then it's, it's you know, it's communication with the kids and so on down the because line. Because nobody wants and to so, have sex with a stressed out guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no matter how much the blood is pumping. <laughs> yeah, so, so in a way I'm a, I'm a sex motivator also. Excellent. Because I'm helping these guys to, uh, to relax. I need the he- I need all the help I can get, Dermot. So I'm glad you're on board. <laughs> I'm trying to get these guys to relax too. <laughs> I do what I can. I uh, so when these when these when these men come to me, and this is for all your listeners too, because I think it's such a powerful question. You know, when we get stressed out, we 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 we. And I was listening to the lady, you know, talk about about her life and 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 wow, talk about perseverance of the human heart. Oh, oh absolutely story but one of the things maureen we do when we get stressed out or when we get insecure or when we get anxious is we give our power away 
Women and men do it both, not just women. Men do that too. Right. They give their power away. They say, hey, uh, I can't make a decision right now. Or they get so stressed out that they start to uh, make misinformed or uninformed decisions, or they take that out on their family. Or they start drinking. So, they may start drinking or using other substances to calm themselves. Say, hey, yeah, the problem is with the wife, she doesn't listen to me, so let me go and look at the secretary or, you know, whatever it is, it's all an external thing. But, but, but the problem is internal. And what I find with men is, and, and, and I think this is so powerful, is that when I can ask them, so they'll tell me what's going on, you know, whatever, it might be their relationship, it might be the job, whatever it is. And in that, you've heard that, I'm sure you've heard that what you resist persists, right? Yes. And that's a very powerful statement because here's the thing. I ask my men, the, the men that I coach, I say to them, listen, so you have this, oh, it's a massive big problem, Dermot, and it's causing this and it's causing that. And I need to get a solution for it. I need to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the man's... Solution to everything. Fix it. <laughs> we haven't. We we are starting to figure out, Maureen, that when the when when the ladies talk to us about emotions and about their day, that uh, the big news in town uh, is that they're not wanting us to fix them. Exactly. They just want to listen. That's right. And and for my for the men that I coach, that can be a real game changer. Mm-hmm. Oh, she doesn't want me to fix. She just wants me to listen. Like, yeah, she just wants you to listen, mate. Just sit there, listen, allow her to get her oxytocin hit, and you sit there and relax and you build your testosterone, which is, by the way, ladies, when we're sitting at home relaxing, we're building our testosterone (laughs) to get other... Excellent. So so let us watch the sports. Um, But uh, I say to them this question. Could you be okay with, even just for today, could you be okay with not knowing how this is going to turn out? Right. Or could you be okay today not being okay with this? Or could you be okay today not having a solution for whatever the problem would be? Now, that's a really powerful question because it allows the men to relax. Mm-hmm. It allows them to stop pushing against trying to, trying to get an outcome, trying to get a result. Right, and it's right? one because day at a time, effectively. It's one day at a time, and, and it's even more powerful than that, uh, Maureen, in the sense that it allows the man to take ownership of what he can choose to look up, what he can choose to focus on. And even choosing to focus on, there's nothing I can do today. Right. In the not knowing, the knowing shows up. It's mm-hmm. like... It's like, did you ever have, Maureen, where you're, where you're trying to think about something, you're thinking, thinking, thinking about it, and then you're like, oh, for God's sake. And you go and you have a shower, and while you're in the shower, it comes to you. Yes. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Every single day of my life. <laughs> I am you. blonde, keep in mind. <laughs> I forget a lot. <laughs> and then it Good comes to you. me. Bing! <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So, you know, that question, and now you can take that question for any problem that you're having in your life. If you could just, you know, and it doesn't even have to be for today. Some, mm-hmm. some, some of the men that 
coached, you know, it, it might be for an hour. Right. They're losing so much sleep because, you know, their company is not making money or whatever it might be. And I say, hey, can you let go of that for a day? Right, right. It's excellent advice. And, well, it's, it, it's a powerful question, Maureen, when, when you take it in, 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 in the text of just, yeah, I'll do that for a day, Dermot, and see how it goes. And a lot of men call me at the end of the day or call me the next day and they say, hey, you know what? Something came to me. Because anytime we push against something, we're, we're, you know, it's, as I said, it's the, it's the resist, what, what you resist per, persists, you know? That's exactly right. Um, and why do you yeah. think uh, men are like this? Do you think that we don't socialize boys uh, properly? Or, you know, is there, do you think that they're not taught to demonstrate feelings or express emotion and that, because that can be very well, un- well, unmanly? Yeah, yeah, it's a couple of things. You know, there's um, there's a lot of work out there on the uh, on the stages, the development stages or the stages of development for men. Mm-hmm. And one of them is one of them is the, the the man starts off as a boy, starts off as mm-hmm. a uh, uh, a prince, a young prince, mm-hmm. and then he goes from the young prince to the warrior, and from the warrior, you know, where he, it's all about action and getting things done into then the king, where it's more about wisdom, it's more about acceptance, it's more about appreciation. Mm-hmm. But in those early years for men, and it's been documented scientifically, that we, you know, we're... And you go back to the hunter and gatherer thing, right? Mm-hmm. We have that in our DNA. I mean, we have the hunter-gatherer. The, the ladies go out, and they like to gather the berries and the fruit, and they come home, and they tell us all about the, the gathering. And the men go out, and they kill the brontosaurus and bring the leg home and cook it and... I, I literally mean, had a guy send me a photograph of a 300-pound boar that he shot on his farm. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's built into us. And then, you know, there's also upbringing where, you know, the man has to be strong and the man has to, you know, uh, uh, you know just the regular stuff, right, where the man has to be strong. But there's a whole movement. The good news, Maureen, is there's a whole movement going on in the world. And uh, uh, there's a few organizations. One, the Mankind Project is a big one. And they're taking now uh, uh, boys. And they're, they're, because every indigenous culture throughout history has had some type of a, um, what they don't call it ascension. They call it like a, a coming into maturity, mm-hmm. you know, where they take the, the Native Americans would take the boy out and they'd leave them in the wilderness for three days. Right. On his own. Mm-hmm. And thank God we don't do that today. We can't even let them out in the backyard on their own, okay? <laughs> it's all play dates. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're lucky if we let him walk, go down to the shop on his bicycle and come back. You yeah, know? can't happen. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they all get a trophy that, as well. <laughs> yeah, that has an impact too because uh, as boys, there's a certain amount of freedom that needs to be allowed for them to have in order to build their own personality, to build their own confidence. And in our society today, it's, you know, because we live in such close proximity together, that doesn't, that's, that's, that 
at times it's it's not allowed to be nurtured. It, it's know? great information, Dermot. I loved having you on the show tonight. The show is the Celtic Coach Radio Show. It's an Irish talk show teaching men how to be men and manly. So thank you so much. I'll have to have you on in the new year and learn more forward. about this because it's very interesting. And I think, it, you know, I think what we've learned here is that you know, to express your feelings, guys, to uh, talk about it uh, is uh, and, and be calm and not try to control everything. Just listen. It's sexy. Would you agree with me, Dermot? I would. De- I, I would. You know what? Uh, I, I would say that all men are sexy. <laughs> if they do that. Only if they allow me to control them. I'm kidding. Anyway, thank you so much, Dermot. Have a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you in 2018. Merry Christmas. Cheers, Maureen. Thank you so much. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. We are in the final strokes of this program. Uh, I want to tell you a little story uh, related to stress because we all know that living under stressful conditions has serious emotional, even physical consequences. And so you think you go to parties and you see friends and family and you have a blast. And uh, so I was at a party recently and they... I. Some uh, given by some friends, and then another friend of mine walked in. There were probably like a hundred people at this party, and then another friend of mine walked in. And I said, "Oh wow, do you know these guys?" And and she said, "No." And I said, well, "Oh well, what are you doing here then?" And she said, "Well, a member of the band." And she named the uh, his name. Uh, we'll call him Joseph. She said, <laughs> "Joseph invited me." And this woman exudes sexuality. She exudes sensuality. She is. Um, and, and, you know, she's quite a bit younger and she has a penchant for older men and men in their 40s. And she's in her 20s. And so I thought, oh, OK. And I just assumed that the uh, member of the band was single. I didn't know. I didn't know the members of the band. So next thing you know, she then she says to me, how much are the drinks? And I said, well, this is a private party, so there's no charge for the drinks. There was a bar there. And and she said, oh, awesome. And so, <laughs> so she went up to the bar and she said, uh uh, you know, she ordered a drink and, and uh, somebody said, uh, what do you, you know, who are you? And she said to the person behind the bar, a woman, she said, well, who are you? And the woman said, well, I'm the hostess. And, <laughs> and, the, and she said, oh, and she said, um, well, I don't even know you. And, and she kept saying, well, who are you? And they were kind of back and forth with, who are you? And then finally she came out with the, the, the uninvited, the crasher. She said, she said um, Joseph invited me. Well, Joseph's wife was also behind the bar. Okay, so <laughs> stressful, awkward. That caused a, a significant amount of stress. You don't know the history of the couple. You don't know. She had no idea. Uh, she'd recently met... I mean, just in passing. I mean, there's, there was absolutely nothing. Uh, but she, she had met him and a couple of other members of the band on the beach in passing recently. And, and he happened to say, why don't you ladies come on down to the party? You know, you really shouldn't invite, uh, <laughs> you really shouldn't invite other people yeah. to when it's not your party. <laughs> that's lesson number one. So that's that impulsivity, right? And uh, that a lot of people have. And so that's related actually to stress and managing stress. So experiencing stress 
actually makes it more difficult for you to deal with future stress because it diminishes your ability to take control of a situation, manage your stress, and keep things from getting out of control. Researchers at Yale University found that stress reduces the volume of gray matter in the areas of the brain responsible for self-control. So this guy got into a whole lot of trouble. His wife was uh, incredibly upset, understandably so, and uh, I believe she left the party, <laughs> as did the other as did the other woman that I know. They both left. <laughs> I don't think together. But anyway, uh, so a vicious cycle can occur, um, and and you may make decisions that are not the best decisions uh, in in your life. But you know what? It is possible to reduce your stress levels, especially at this time of year. One of the ways is to say no. Uh, and it's, it's, that is just so powerful to say no, and you will be more respected by saying no. Disconnect from technology and connect with your partner and neutralize those toxic people in your life and don't hold grudges. You know, just let it be, be Teflon. Let's let it slide off, baby. Um, but anyway, Amir, thank you so much for hosting the program tonight Pleasure with me always, and yeah. uh, being behind the boards, which is fantastic. Well, I really love having you here. And uh, to all of you, uh, remember, reach out and, and touch somebody this Christmas, whether it be somebody who's alone, that doesn't have anyone to spend uh, the time with. or uh, and, and remember as well, it's only one day, okay? So look forward to uh, 2018 and uh, lots of love and lust and in your life, I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.